0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Is Spike Lee overrated? Should Zion
2: Williamson sit out for the rest of the year? Why do we care about a 10-year-old NBA scandal? The guys get into all that, bring back the best and worst of the week, answer a listener question, talk a little music beef, and more this week on Just Press Play.
0: The red wasp is after me.
2: Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way, because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> I want you <coughs> to use ombudsman
1: in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman. Just press play
2: podcast. You like apples?
1: Here we are back with another edition of the Jess Press Play podcast, and we got us—we're all back mm-hmm. for this one. We got LJ and Pops. What's up, guys? not much what's up what's up man just another day i got to watch a little bit of we talked about some award shows recently and last night was the the big one in in show business in hollywood we had the oscars and uh i had a funny little thought and well i kind of i saw it on i saw a little bit of this on twitter and then i expounded upon it but have you ever thought about the oscars is just humans giving little gold humans out to other humans who pretend to be other humans the best
2: have you ever thought about that (laughs) the oscars is it's I mean, hilarious know, but we give out well not that what like all like sports you give out little humans to humans that are trying to especially like little kid sports they're like trying to learn how to be humans through baseball so you give them a little human holding a baseball bat
1: i think the the conundrum i thought was funny was that we give it to other humans pretending to be other people i don't know it was just funny yeah. to me did y'all did y'all watch any of the it's Oscars? Funny. Whoa. Did y'all yes, watch any yes, of the I Oscars did.
0: like what do you think, Pops? No. No. Um, well, I, I was excited for the picture of the year because I've seen it. Many people were not excited about it. it. I'm with you. I did see uh, it. Many people it. What, what, were not. The Green uh Green Book. Uh oh, I've heard the it's Picture good. of the Year. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Kevin would say that he it. did. We saw it together. Um, you know, um, I know a lot of people didn't like it uh, winning, but, but I certainly did. I Mm. I enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. I liked Mahershala, right? Am I saying that right? Mahershala You just got to go with confidence. You just got to, if you, if you would have said it with
1: confidence, I would have just assumed you were right and LJ was wrong, but LJ sounded confident. So now it's gotta be Mahershala. Let me look it up.
0: I liked him. I like uh, Viggo Vigo uh, Mortensen. I thought his Mar- role in there was great. Mahershala. Mahershala, Mahershala. With a her. It's Mahershala. Yeah.
2: I was wrong, by the way.
0: Yeah, but but yeah. he also, you know, I can't apparently beat and while I'm talking how I'll bring this up, he beat Spike Lee, you know, the Black Klansman, which I do kind of want to see. I'm not sure what the great. show is about. Uh, I, watch
2: it. I haven't seen it yet, but
0: But let me ask you guys a question about Spike Lee. Spike Lee to me and I've not watched all his movies, so let me preface it with that. I've seen probably two. Sure. I think that I don't think he's all he's cracked up to be. I, I, my gut tells me a little bit he gets more attention because of his outlandishness and perhaps because of the color of his skin. I don't know. Would y'all say is he a great movie maker? That I and I'm missing
2: it or what? What is well, what I've do never you seen think? seen a Spike Lee movie I didn't love. I mean, honestly, Re- really, agreed. Okay. agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's an okay Spike Lee movie?
0: Um, gosh, I can't even remember. I know I've seen do, do the Right Thing. I know I've seen that, which I think is one of his better ones. I, I think Do the Right Thing was great, and he was, was way
1: ahead of his time when making it. I mean, that movie was so he relevant 10 years, 20 years later.
0: I, he got game with Ray Allen, right? I've, I've seen that. It Inside okay. Man. And Denzel Washington. Is that yeah, did Inside he do Man Inside Man? Up, and that's up? That, that's yeah. not Spike Lee, though, is it? That's Denzel. Yes, it is. It's a Spike Lee joint. Is it? A lot
1: of, I, I'm kind of with LJ, I think that when you think about it and you start going down the list, like... Right, like most of the most movies that pop up, it's a Spike Lee joint at the beginning. Are are top or not? I don't know if they're the best movies I've ever seen, but they're
0: really good movies. I enjoy all of them. Well, and that's right. Exactly what I want to ask you. My my mind, the jury's out uh, in my mind. I just know he is a little outlandish. So he does get a lot of attention his movies were okay to me. I'm going to try some more of his movies, definitely. Well, his... we got
2: to, you know, what we got to do as a podcast is we got to do a movie night where like once a week we'll watch a movie and then eventually we can answer the question of, is Spike Lee overrated? You know what I mean? Like we need to do that. Okay. I, I think that'd Well, I
1: think, this. I think where you're going, dad, and I, and I could see this too, is uh, Spike Lee gets known, he's known for his movie making, but he's also, you know, the, the crazy Nick fan and then he's on the 30 for 30 and then he's, he does extra stuff, and so you just wonder: is he is he well known because he's a, a very good movie maker, or is he well known because he's, he's Spike for Lee? Sure. And I think I think it's both. Yeah. He one he is well known because he's Spike Lee, the Nick fan who sparked uh, uh, Reggie Miller in that in that run against the Pacers. But he's also Spike right. Lee, the movie maker who makes really damn good movies. And I, but this then he is also his,
2: like he's got that branding too where you even if you don't remember the movie you remember it starting out a Spike Lee joint which nobody else does like he 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 brands himself really well he stands out yeah. for sure so yeah I, I like Spike Lee and I think I, I like LJS idea speaking of we talked about Green
1: Book did you know Mahershala Ali did you realize that he was also a D one point guard at St Mary's and he was did. Did, and he was previously a rapper he went by the name Prince Ali what. Yeah, I'll put the show notes up. Uh, I found this on YouTube. There's a YouTube video of him as a rapper. And I mean, he's not bad, but he's not great by any means. He's definitely found the right career field for him, but he's not, a, he wasn't well, as a bad an actor, man. I'm into that
2: dude. And but he, and, I'd, I would love to see him rap.
1: And he wasn't a bad basketball player either. Like there was a little highlight clip ESPN put out yesterday. And he's, I mean, he was not bad at all. I think he was a legitimate he basketball just player. He's pretty tall.
2: How tall is he? Do you know? Six-fold. like six-something. Yeah.
0: And,
1: and then I, I was. I think he's. I was also reading a story about, apparently, he used to work out at this, uh, what he did for working out, because obviously, he's a very fit man, and he was a basketball player, but what he did was, he was a boxer, and I I don't think he actually was a boxer boxer, but that's just what he did for fitness, and after after he won the Oscars, someone was like, holy holy crap, is that, that guy's famous? So, apparently, he was going to this boxing ring, (laughs) and it's so typical, because you see him, and he doesn't. He doesn't seem like someone who's like real big and boastful or anything. He was just going there and working out. And mm-hmm. these people didn't realize that he was a famous yeah. actor. He was just to them. He was just another guy. I
2: don't, he seems really cool. And then Sunday Some way at your gym, they don't recognize that you're the ombudsman of the. Exactly. Not Podcast. yet. They don't even. Not yet.
0: Similar kind of thing. Yeah. Similar thing. I'm, it's because yeah. it's because no. <laughs> my humility, really. Well, yeah, I hear the all on the Hursala, though. <laughs> Is anybody hotter than him right now? Well, that's what I, I mean, was going to say. Sunday right hot.
1: Sunday night was a hell of a night. I, I haven't got to see it yet. I was planning on watching it after we were recording. I
0: had neither. True Detective don't, season don't finale
1: was coming out. I bet it. I mean, uh, the season's been great. The lead up was really good. And then he wins. He'll, but did you notice, Dad, and I, since you said you've seen it, he won Best Supporting Actor at, I felt like either one of them could have been the supporting or main actor
0: out of. I was shocked by that too because I thought he would. Yeah, they were both lead actors in my mind. I guess Viggo Mortensen was more the lead actor. Did you see who was the guy? Farrelly. Is it Peter? Peter Farley? Farrelly, that, I That uh, I think. But it, that did the movie. You know, he uh, he did the movie, and he specifically thanked Viggo Mortensen. He said, "Without Viggo, this movie doesn't happen." Of course, we needed Mahershala, but he singled out Viggo. And Viggo was great in that right. movie. There, no question. Uh, but yeah, so I guess Vigo was the leading actor. Well, and, and I, I think once was-
1: at, before the Oscars, I would have said he was the main actor. But I was going to maybe ask LJ this too, and I think I've come to an answer, but I want to get someone a little more educated, maybe in the in the thought process. But LJ, what makes which is anybody, but it, yeah, which <laughs> anyone can speak up. But LJ, <laughs> <laughs> what makes what makes the lead actor what? what constitutes
2: that? Cause they're both on screen a lot. I mean, is it because Vigo was on screen first or? Boy, let me, uh, let me, I'm, I'm looking at the rule right now. If you know the answer, go ahead and tell well, me. Well, My but, thought process the
1: was rule. the reason maybe Vigo would be it. And I don't know if this is like a rule in, in cinematic universe or what, but that he Vigo had the biggest arc in the movie. He went from the guy who was, it showed him and his family and he was kind of a, a bouncer, a little bit right, and a little bit, he was racist. And, and then you see his growth mm-hmm. as a human toward the end. His family still acts a little racist and he's like, "Come on, now it's just not a human being." And so I think it was his yeah. arc as a character maybe makes him the the
0: main character, but all character was huge
1: in the movie. So it was hard. He
0: he was, but if you think of it, it starts with Viggo Mortensen, you know, in the club. Anyway, it it, it is more about him now that you're saying that. It it
2: So what I'm finding uh, just for the specific rules is that there's no official like what is a lead versus a supporting actor that's decided by the Academy, which is oftentimes influenced by people starting campaigns saying like, you know, I think this person deserves best supporting actor or whatever. So you can kind of try to say like, okay, so who's in for best lead actor? Do we want to compete against them? Maybe we want to compete in the best supporting actor, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because the goal is to get as many awards for your production as possible. But Um, as a theater person, I think the answer probably lies mostly in like, who is the quote unquote protagonist. You can usually name in a story who the story is about, like whose perspective we're in, who we as an audience are supposed to relate to the most. And, um, so that might be their consideration, but it also might be, I don't know who was in the lead category. So it might've been. A political play to try to make sure that they get whichever awards they can get or something like that you know it's yeah i guess a lot of the
1: oscars uh, there is a part of it that's just you'd want to nom- you want to try to get your the, the most awards possible so if ollie's yeah. has a better chance at winning supporting uh actor over main actor then yeah you'd classify him there yeah Oh. Right right right. I know I just know when he won that award I thought oh I guess I guess he was the support actor. It made me think a little bit cuz I mean either one of
0: them I could N- see. Me too. It it kind of stopped me cuz I thought it, it's a lot about him. I mean it's and a, it's a lot it's a of lot people about, uh, were
1: were not very impressed with Green Book winning best picture and I I found that interesting. I I I'm not a a savant when it comes to movie making and I I get everything about it <laughs> at all but I, it was odd to me to see so many people dislike Green Book. I get, it. It was interesting. It seemed like, and I don't know if we it, we want to get into this too much. It seemed like more uh, people of color were not a fan of Green Book as, and it seemed like people, white people, did like Green Book more than
2: well. Than and not. it might be so. I that you might have. I I haven't seen the movie. I have no idea. But the one thing I know about the Green Book is the actual book. Like I know I, I heard about this thing like three years ago about this book that got created to help people travel in the South. Or, or across the country, but more or less in the South right. that are people of color. And so if, um, you know, uh, Viggo Mortensen is the main character of this story about black history, like I could see why that could ruffle a feather or two, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I could see that upsetting some people. So, um, because that is that story. The one thing about that story is you can't tell it without the black guy, but you can tell it without the white guy. I mean, maybe not that exact story, but like you can talk about this thing without mentioning a white main character but you can't do it without a black man character so that might be a reason that people would get frustrated by the story.
1: Well, either way, it was good, the Oscars were good. I thought it was really cool seeing Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper uh, perform Shallow on on stage. Yeah. By the way, it's uh, Bradley Cooper, he's a good actor. I mean, by all accounts, a very attractive man. And then, oh, by the way, and he can direct movies and then oh, by the way, I can sing too. I'm a really good singer too. I just, well, he's got to have mm-hmm. the flaw so i was thinking about this everybody's got some every you can't be great at everything so like what is it about bradley cooper he must like stink all the time i think he has like awful body <laughs> he odor doesn't trim his yeah, I mean, got, he doesn't trim his toenails I <laughs> mean, there's he doesn't trim his toenails there's he's something. got bad he,
0: he has chronic halitosis all the time
1: <laughs> like i'm thinking he's just like all the time just musty as can be no matter how much deodorant he puts on there's just a there's just a stink <laughs> that follows him because he is amazing at everything he he was great in the movie. His, his performance with Lady, Lady Gaga, by the way, Woo! Not only could she sing, she was beautiful the other night. She
0: had that huge diamond on her on her necklace. That thing was giant. She had a big old rock. Did you see, it was worth. I saw it was worth thirty million dollars.
2: <laughs> oh, thirty
0: million.
2: Oh boy! I, wow. Yeah. No. Well, I told you about that diamond that I held. I couldn't even imagine having a thirty million hanging from your neck. The same building <laughs> as me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was wild, but the Oscars were fun and now everyone can complain for about three days, give or take, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be over it. But you know, people complain about who didn't and did win and all this shout out to, well, you sound like somebody that works in the news industry. You understand? <laughs> it's a cycle. It'll be gone by Wednesday. Just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> so let's transition over to when we, we haven't done this in a while and I kind of want to get back to it. And uh, let's trans- transition to a little bit of best and worst for the week. And I have a and what I have for my worst, I, I, I was it was going to be my best, and then it could have been the worst. So I'm going to save this one for the worst, but it's a good one. And uh, but for my best, I'm going to go with I don't know if you saw this, pops, but a a hog made some some huge news over the weekend on the diamond, and it wasn't it wasn't Dave Van Horn's baseball team. It was a sophomore on the softball team, Danielle Gibson, over the weekend hit for. The home run cycle, which is a w- single home run, a two run home run, a three run home run and a grand slam all in one game. And wow, she not only Damn. did it all in one game, becoming the seventh player in NCAA history to ever do this. She did it all in just four innings, her first four at-bats. Whoa, wow. (laughs) So, at first, her her record wasn't as impressive because it was like, oh, well, seven people have done it. It's not like she's the first person to ever do it. But she did it in four innings, which is the first person to ever do that. And she would have maybe had a chance at breaking more records, but the game got called after her Grand Slam in the fourth inning because they run-ruled the team. So, Wow. Wow, so, Had a girl, Danielle, way to go. Impressive. And now, I understand, like, some of it's luck. She can't control who gets on base and what. But, I mean, she came up to the plate four times, hit that thing out of the park, and got the home run cycle. By the way, nobody in MLB history's ever hit for the home run cycle. So, hell, hell of a weekend for uh, the wow. sophomore Danielle Gibson over over in Vogel Park in Fayetteville. So. Wow. Good for her. Yeah, well done. That's what I'm going to go
0: with my best of the week. Pops, what do you got for your best of the week? Well, my best, I mean, I, I kind of gave it away a little earlier, but it, I like that Green Book, a, a movie I like, won, won the Academy nice. Awards. I mean, I, I you know, I, I liked the movie. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie, and I'm glad it won. That was first time isn't
2: in the history of the podcast, right? <laughs> Bro, it, well, well, history I-B of the podcast, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> it, you're right, it is. It is funny, though. Like,
1: I, I watched the Oscars kind of to see what movies I I didn't watch and should have seen, but it is fun when, like, they do the nominations for best picture and there's a movie like Green Book pops up and it's something you enjoyed. And then
2: when you're like, Hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, yeah. it feels like yeah. yeah. Feels good. You gotta share it that does. win. You kinda get to share yeah. that win with uh, John Fairley. So right. <laughs> Yeah, we, we all yeah. we all won, John. <laughs> so uh,
1: LJ, what do you got for your best of the week?
2: Well, I uh I was at a middle school and high school and elementary school dance competition. Um, and I realized a good money-making venture, which is always a good thing. These people need, they need somebody to cut their music for them and edit their music because they're just stilted and awful. So it hadn't worked out for me yet, but I'm about to make just buku's of money. That's all I got to say is if you, if if you're a (laughs) dance company, I'll work for cheap. Just if you listen and run a dance company, which I'm sure is probably not very many people, but uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll edit your music right now. I'll get it back to you in half an hour and it'll be better than anything you could do. So yeah. All right. Making the the money. I like it. The money making train.
1: I'm going to jump on that with you, LJ, (laughs) if I can just, just, I'm going to get a back, a a side ride. You do all the work and I'll just kind (laughs) of cash in with you. You'd be my PR guy. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Speaking (laughs) of music that actually transitions well to my worst of the week. And I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend, but it's, it's been a bad uh, – so far, 2019 hasn't been great for uh, the rapper Ja Rule. I don't know. You probably remember he was involved in, <laughs> in, in some of the Firefest Fest stuff. And this weekend, he was in, in Milwaukee, <laughs> and they were going to do yeah, – they were going to do a halftime show at the Bucks game. And the yeah. show, it was supposed to be – it was they were doing
2: 90s night, so that's why they brought Ja Rule out there. And he started out real right. weird. He He's a 2000s artist, right? His first album came out in 99 or something like that. Yeah, he's more of a 2000s
1: artist, but that that first album came out in 99. And he even said they were like, they were doing 90s, (laughs) night. they invited me. I mean, I guess I'm really a 2000s rapper, but they they wanted to bring me out. So whatever. So it already had a weird start. Like, it was like, okay, that's a weird way to go. And then, I I don't know, there's a video going around of him saying like, are you ready? And like, then he like waits to hear a response. And the crowd is deadly quiet. And I think he was supposed (laughs) to hear... It turns out there was like a production problem and there was supposed to be a sound play over the speakers and it just didn't play. But it was a terrible look for old Ja. It just, he says, yeah. are you ready? And it's needles. I mean, you can't hear anything out there. <laughs> and then he even goes, he goes, uh, I guess not. <laughs> and then, so they finally, you know, it takes a while, but they finally get things going. And then about three and a half minutes left of, uh, of the halftime show, Ja Rule is still in mid-song. And our boy, dad, the Greek freak comes out. Giannis Antetokounmpo comes out and starts shooting warm-up shots over at the other court. They they had to turn the lights (laughs) on so Giannis can see because he's doing warm-up while Ja Rule is performing at (laughs) halftime. Oh, and then you probably didn't think there's any way this could get any better. But it does. It gets gets better. The on, On Twitter... The Timberwolves are, are, they're notorious. Whoever runs their Twitter account does pretty well. I mean, they shoot, they miss every now and then, but they do pretty well with the different jokes and stuff. And they made a little joke on uh, Ja Rule and tweeted a picture of him and said, if you remember after Firefest came out, Ja Rule came, there was like a quote going around where he was like, I too was scammed and bamboozled and hoodwinked and all this stuff. <laughs> and basically said it wasn't him, He wasn't the bad guy. And the Timberwolves tweeted a picture of Ja Rule in the Bucks jersey performing at halftime, and they said, "I, I think they were the other team playing." And they said, "We too were hustle, scanned, bamboozled, hoodwinked, and led astray," and making a joke about Ja Rule. And Ja Rule did not take that well. He then went on his uh, decided to quote the tweet, and he, I guess, has cursed the Timberwolves. I don't. I didn't realize he he had the power to do this, but he tweeted back and said. You just jinxed yourself talking to the God in all caps this way. You're cursed now in all caps. You won't win a championship for the next 30 years. And Carl Anthony Town is leaving. Apologize and I'll lift the curse. Kiss of death. So
0: I. Man, i ja Rule is on one. I don't
1: know what's going on with Ja Rule, but he is just on one. Boy, but what sounds happens? like the what happens
2: effect if, is coming. What happens if the Bucks don't win for like 26 years? Like, then they have to call old ass Ja Rule up. Jaw, Jaw, ja, we're sorry, ja.
1: Oh, God. It was just it. <laughs> mm. The story first it came out. Just the 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 clip of him doing that "Are you ready?" thing came out, and it was like that's funny. And then the Giannis thing came out. And you're like, man, it it's even better. And then the Timberwolves and the and the tweet and the cursing and all that comes out. and It was just, whew, It just kept getting. Oh, Saturday yeah. night was the story that kept on it kept on giving.
0: Mm. Pops, what do you got for your worst of the week? Well, I saw this Sunday morning, and then LJ brought it up. But uh, my man, the first album I ever bought, first album I ever bought was Frampton Comes Alive. Mm-hmm. Peter Frampton. I can still I just see that. Love cover. him as an artist. Oh man, I still listen to it. Probably I don't know three or four times a year. Just yeah. just put it on and listen to it. It's a great album. And and he's got. And I don't know that I can. It's inclusion body myositis. myositis? I I don't. I don't know how you pronounce that. IBM. IBM is what they call it. IBM is is what they is the acronym, you know, obviously. But uh, it's a degenerative muscle disease, and he will eventually lose control of his fingers and hands, which for a guitar player is devastating, obviously. Um, So, you know, now he's putting on a concert. I think this truly it won't be like the some of the others you see. This will probably be his last,
2: yeah, uh, farewell tour. tour, yep,
0: and. A farewell tour. You know, this is. Uh, I did learn uh, this. This disease usually develops after age fifty. There's only three and a half cases per 100,000 people, so it is very rare. Wow. Uh, men get it three times more often than women, and most people will need daily assistance within 15 years of contracting the disease. So, uh, as he said, and I heard him say on a Sunday. I think it was that channel uh, or the CBS this morning uh, on yeah. Sunday. And he said it's not life threatening, it is life changing. And he was pretty upbeat about it, pretty cool, you know, it made me feel good. But it is just sad to see uh, a legend, a guy someone that,
1: you've grown up with. I mean
0: a, a, a legend to me, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I grew I mean, up with. Yeah. And uh to see him, you know, I mean we all get old. We all we, we're not getting any younger and it's True. it's it's tough. So that was my worst to see Frampton yeah struggling a little bit. and we
1: were we were talking kind of before we started before we recorded and lj was talking about one sucks that didn't get to see frampton live and i guess like you said you still can but as lj mentioned that this is a legitimate farewell tour i mean i getting tickets to this is going to be really tough i mean it's just it's it's tough it's tough news and it does suck i i'm not as big of a frampton guy as you but i just know you, you throw you throw Frampton on, and it, it it's a good it, a road trip with Frampton's a good one. Yep. So for sure. it's a good
0: listen. Sure. Good listen. Sure. LJ,
2: what what you do you got for your worst this week? Well, I was at a, a dance competition, <laughs> and so that was <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is okay. that it? Stop yep. it! Wrong. Wait, yep.
0: I've seen the boy Kevin. He's got some wiggles. <laughs> no, 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 tried. I was not
2: dancing. Wait a second. us get <laughs> this okay <laughs> no 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 um it was just it was uh, i put in 20 hours over the course of 30 hours uh just watching middle schoolers dance it was you know it was a long day um so <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. That was that was it. It, it was it wasn't LJ busting the breakdance moves. out Yeah, there my and... best is now everybody listening to the podcast is imagining me trying to boogie. So that's my new best. Right. <laughs> hey, he, 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 we might could find a video, Kevin. He does a little word wiggle word. If, you, can, if, you a little, if you get a little if you get a little
1: that uh, that wiggle juice in him. He's got a little wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: hey, wiggle juice does help. It helps us all. <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure you've heard plenty of takes at this point on on a lot of this stuff. But last weekend and we talked about it as we went out last week as we were recording LJ, but me and Dad were pumped to watch the North Carolina Duke game last oh, Wednesday. Yeah. And and tickets were going through the roof. They were apparently like costing as much as some of the Super Bowl tickets and Barack Obama was in the house. I mean, it was a star studded event. And a lot of that one Spike likely was in, in the, the house. house. And, and a lot it? of that's due to Duke at UNC's a big rivalry, one of the best in, in Oh yeah college sports maybe all of sports but a big part of that was zion williamson who's made a huge name for himself and is is a star in himself and in his own right and then 30 seconds into it he is uh, Mm -hmm. inadvertently just runs around and as you've seen million times now just blows through his paul george twos or whatever he was wearing he was wearing some paul george nikes i
0: Paul George, 2.5. I've honestly never
1: yep. seen someone just <laughs> blow through a shoe like that. I, I, I later saw some stuff on Twitter of different, like, Mono Ginobili kind of did something similar and some other guys have, but just blew through a shoe and then hurt his knee and then did not return to the game. So the guy everyone's paying all this money for didn't return to the game, which yep. this all led a huge topic on Twitter and everywhere else all over the internet and for the next week really is the, the whole amateurism and college athletes not getting paid because clearly – with the whole storyline leading up to the game was how much tickets cost and how many people wanted to go and how this was yeah. a big event. Well, I mean, it's pretty clear. You know how much, LJ, can you tell us how much Zion Williamson
2: is uh, getting paid? Uh, I mean, well, it depends It depends on uh, who who the money man for the team is, but allegedly zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> allegedly. There, there
1: may or may not have been someone dropping a bag off at his mother's house, but... <laughs> but yeah so the whole thing came up about one should college athletes getting get paid and then the the second big thing was why is Zion williamson even playing he should just be sitting out there's no reason for him to play for duke he's already got his draft stock up number one so i just want to i'll go over to dad first because i know dad was watching that game with i mean we were texting for the game we were Pumped to watch it and then that happens was pumped. 30 seconds in. Very excited. What, what were your yeah. thoughts on the injury and
0: then moving forward for Zion? Well, my first thought on the shoe blowing out was I bet Nike's sphincter muscle is tight right now. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that was a thing on that Twitter.
1: Was... I saw that all over the place. Oh, I, we've mentioned them a few well, times I was on to the pod. Yeah, we we mentioned him on on the pod before, but Darren Ravel, who's all into sports business, went on a Nike rampage where he was talking about how this will affect stocks and this will do this and this will do that. Mm-hmm. He went he mm-hmm. went super sports nerd on us and started
0: talking about Nike. But you're right, they well, they no, were their stock did go down like over it. a percentage point, you know, the next day. It's
1: a bad look. Um, the game that everyone's thoughts. watching it was the Super Bowl of college basketball so far this year, and. 30 yeah. seconds in, he blows, blows
0: through a shoe. Yep. But yeah, go ahead, Dad. Well, and, and what, what I think is interesting, so so he was wearing a Paul George, the PG 2.5. Paul George brand right. shoe. Or, His latest, know, the, yes. Paul George, whatever, namesake. Uh, they do have a 3.0 out now, by the way, which he might want to try. <laughs> but apparently, <laughs> this 2.5 is made of lighter construction there's something called strobel it's called strobel construction which allows a sock-like feel with plenty of flex by using a cloth that's the key word a cloth connection to stitch the upper to the midsole so i guess apparently some shoes have a stronger than cloth maybe a plastic or even a riveted type attaching mechanism to get the upper on the midsole and they talked about paul george is six nine two twenty
1: yeah how Zion big is he?
0: Williamson is six seven, two eighty five. <laughs> and if you noticed on the move that he did, I mean, he completely stopped. So all two hundred and eighty five pounds of his was on stressing on that shoe and it just gave way. Well yeah, that um, Paul George he might and, need a different brand of Paul shoe. George and
1: Zion Williamson both that, play a completely different style of basketball. Paul George is a very played, smooth exactly. game and
0: Zion is just a force of nature. I mean he's just a beast. Yeah. Right, right. So they were saying he might want to try some different shoes, but but now I don't I do think they make a shoe though the point for I, a Two hundred eighty-five. The big the, truck. the left tackle that also can jump higher than Michael Jordan. I mean, they don't make that. He needs to call Gronk's brace man. But so so here's my thought though. So Zion probably is too big for the shoe. He needs a different shoe. Maybe steel toe boots. Yeah. <laughs> but starberries, um, baby. Th- so <laughs> so in the last last year in the 2017-2018, tw- t- the first round pick I was reading made five point eight millions. I guess that was DeAndre Ayton in the made first year, of the deal. and then was going to make. In the first year, was going to make six point nine. In the second year, so I mean, pretty good. That first salary even is pretty good. And Zion Williamson is obviously in line for monster money, um, completely right. monster money. But you know what? I hate to say this because I, but he needs to just not play. I mean, he's not getting paid. He is the bar none number one pick in the draft. He is for sure going to make about six million dollars uh, if he gets to the NBA yeah. draft. Why play again? And I want to see the kid play. There's no doubt about it. And there's nothing like college basketball. It'll put a whole damper on the year for me personally. But if I am Zion Williamson or his dad, I would have to strongly consider you're not playing again. It's just, it's just not worth it. Well,
1: yeah. Um, so my response to that is I, I, I kind of have a two a two a two headed response, and one of it is. Some of the people who were coming out after that injury and saying he shouldn't have played all this year, he should have sat out. That I think that's ludicrous because if you if you remember coming in the, into the year, if you kept up with Zion Williamson high school at all, like he was actually the number three or number two or three recruit coming in to the season, and a lot of people, if uh, his rec- his highlights in South Carolina looked like, yeah, it was insane. He was dunking all over people, but. It looked like the level of competition he was playing against. Like a lot of people, were like, is he just a highlight reel, or is he actually a good basketball player? Many people even were yeah. saying RJ Barrett is the number one overall pick, and Zion Williamson's maybe four or five. And then Zion Williamson came out at Duke and completely showed everyone he is a stud. He can do it, do it all. He is, and has vaulted himself not only to a first round pick and a lottery pick, but now he's like being called the the surest lock, maybe since since uh, anthony davis or even even durant odin days i mean he's just a lock now people are saying even if he would have towards acl he's still the number one overall pick that wasn't the case before he started playing at duke so i do think there was reason for him to to dress out and play at duke now i do understand a little bit pops now that he's solidified himself as the number one prospect i understand maybe shutting it down but you got to think about it And this is kind of where i i found myself is. He is, and and someone told me I am a Duke fan. I watch Duke and root for Duke, and so there could be some skew to this because obviously I want to see the best player. But even as a fan, like you said, Pops, I want to see Zion play as much as possible. But he's, a, whatever, 18 years old, he's going he's gonna to be hooping regardless of whether it's at Duke or it's at the 24-hour yeah. fitness gym or it's at Rucker Park. I mean, he's going to be playing basketball regardless. Dude just loves, Charles Barkley even said it. He was like, we're basketball players. This is what we do. He's going to find a, somewhere to play basketball. So if you're gonna if you're gonna yeah, you if got you're gonna do yeah. that, you might as well do it against the top competition in the nation instead of going to the 24 hour fitness and playing against. Like, what if he shows up and plays a a, a game where me, you, and LJ are playing? We're way more likely <laughs> to accidentally do a set of screen or st- let him step on our ankle or whatever than if he's playing mm-hmm. against North Carolina. And then on top of that, he's playing with one one of if not the the greatest basketball coach and and alive right mm-hmm. now and that's Coach K who's teaching him basketball and then the, probably the best trainers and best equipment I know that the equipment failed him Wednesday night uh, last week yeah. but right. Duke's probably giving them just as good as equipment if you can't get paid then might as well get the best equipment plus and then the the last part is and I know this sometimes gets overhyped but there is something to the experience and then at Duke and and if you win at Duke and he's got the, the there's so many former pros and pros in in the nba that went to duke and if he can bring a championship and do that there is a memory to that that you can't get if you sit out the rest of this year and go number one overall mm-hmm. i just think yeah my final thought was he's gonna play either way so you might as well do it at duke against the best players and as we mentioned there may or may not be a bag being dropped off at at dad's front porch <laughs> or at mom's front porch so lj did you have any major thoughts from the zion thing
2: man i mean I, I kind of want to echo what you guys are both saying a little bit in that um that like yeah, the quickest way to start this conversation about how players should get paid is if the best player is just sitting down because he don't want to get hurt before he gets paid. I mean, I think that'll that'll start that conversation up real quick, but I think the chances of him doing that is just like you said, Kevin he's a ball player I mean you, you can't tell a ball player not to play ball I mean it's just he's not gonna do it. so the rules are messed up and you can't fault him for you know just playing along so he can do the yeah. thing he's always loved to do so.
1: And football Um, and it's a little different.
2: I hope y'all are both. Yeah, and
1: football (laughs) and basketball are different. Whereas I don't have any problem with a guy sitting out in football for bowl season. I mean, it does suck, but I get it. Like because we we saw what happened with Jalen Smith when he ruined his knee and went from maybe top three pick to a second rounder. And but basketball and football are just they're different animals. I mean, there is a chance that Zion Williams get hurt, but there's a chance that his shoe blows out while working out. Even if it wasn't basketball, he could have been just doing a drill. I mean that. It's not where he's getting killed and getting hit and there's a full contact sport like football. It's a different animal. And I think the real question should be not Zion sitting or not. It's We got to find a way to I, – I don't know. People smarter than me have tried to figure this out, and I don't know the best way to do it as far as paying athletes because you can't pay the guy at Arkansas State University the same thing you're paying Zion Williamson. So do you open it up like like pros and, and have like boosters can pay anybody anything and it's like free agency?
2: Maybe. Do you have it where – the answer, the answer is obvious Just, to me. Just let him take endorsement deals. That's all what, you got to do. That's my, that what I
1: what I keep coming back to, and what I don't understand is if Zion Williamson can go down to the Riley car dealership and on a Saturday say, "I'm going to go sign autographs," and they're willing to pay him, and people are willing to pay him for the autographs, I don't see why mm-hmm. he's he's only benefiting off himself. If I'm willing to yeah. go pay Zion Williamson for his autograph, I don't see why he shouldn't be able to. And that's how I think that's the best way of how you police it is. If, if John, like you would say, maybe the guy at Murray State shouldn't be paid the same as Al Williamson. Well, if John Morant has that big of a following, Dad, you you talked about him last week a little. If people want to, right. if people yeah. want to pay him, then let them pay him. I, just, I don't understand that. And I, I guess it gets down to the, the Alabamas of the world will pay the most in football and then Dukes will pay the most in basketball. But we already see the same teams every year at number yeah. one and number yeah. five. It's not that different. We see Clemson, Alabama every year in football and Dukes always in the running if we are a one seed. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know the best way to do it. I do think one solution that should come soon is let the guys go straight out of high school if they want to. I mean, Zion Williams if he wanted to, yeah. he could have went I know if the rule was changed, he could have went straight out of high school or straight out of high school to the NBA and he probably would have been drafted fifth or sixth overall. And now he'll probably be drafted number one. And as Dad mentioned, that's a difference of over over the course of four years, I think that's a difference of about eight million dollars. So it it is behooving him to go to Duke this year, at least it so far. Yeah, well,
2: but you can make up that $8 million on sponsorship deals, too. Right. I mean, um, that's not that big of a difference So I, when it comes down to it.
0: Well, now, Kevin, you alluded to it, right? I think they are – isn't uh, Silver really looking at going ahead and removing that one-year, uh, one-and-done? He's, he's mentioned and it, and it's, it's definitely
1: been in the conversation between the NBA and the NBAPA, and then they're trying to talk with – it because it's uh, – the NCAA gets a lot of crap, but it's kind of an NBA rule, too, that's that's throwing the NCAA. The NCAA should – them mm-hmm. not paying athletes is on them, and them, the way they profit off all of this is amazing in their own right, how they found a way to get this to work for them. But the NBA is the one that instituted you must go to – you can't come straight well, out of high school. but they did that, that for
2: year. the NCAA. They didn't do that for the NBA, though. Yeah. That's a, that's a rule for, for March Madness. That's why that rule exists is to have – Right, the best and, I, in and I think career. it
0: had unintended unintended consequences, as we've as we've mentioned on the show before. I think it, it, it almost – I would rather – if you can go pro, go pro. And if you can't, go to college and spend yeah. two or three years getting your game ready. And yeah. then we can we can kind of get to know the players on our teams a little bit. Because yeah. it's one and done. <laughs> they're here, they're gone. I mean, is Zion Williamson really going to be a Duke alum? Yeah, well, that's what Kyrie Irving has talked you know?
1: about, you know, the, the Duke brotherhood and, and the Duke love and all this stuff. It's like, well, I get it, but you were there for six months. You were there for a semester, yeah, really.
2: Yeah. So, it is yeah, a little di- it's different exactly, than Christian Leitner so. and Grant Hill and, and some of the other guys that were there for well, years on years. And the other so. thing is like what March what makes March Madness fun to me, um, and it might be different from you guys, but it's not seeing the best talent, but it's seeing the crazy upsets and it's seeing the wild things happen. And those still happen if they maybe even happen more if you say, Zion Williamson, you go do what you do. Um well, at whatever level. And you say the unintended
1: consequences, and just to bring up before we bounce off this subject, is the, the NBA does benefit from this rule also where there was a lot of guys, and they're, they're, just for, for all the Kobe's out there and T-Max and and and, Car- and 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 LeBron's, the guys that came straight out of high school and were great, there's usually a, a Kwame Brown or we've mentioned before a Sebastian, Sebastian Telfair. Telfair. Yeah, those guys that don't end up yeah. making it. And the NBA, it does help the NBA to have like, it's almost like their minor league where they can send you and, and they can see because like we talked about with Zion, now that he's actually played a year at Duke against some of the top competition, you go, oh, okay, maybe he should be the number one overall pick, not R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett maybe should be the third overall pick. So it's another year for them to scout guys against
2: top. They have a D-League. They have Europe. I mean, why would they G them in a place where you can't get paid?
1: Well, that's a good question. Because the guys aren't going to go straight to what they're going to do. If you draft someone straight out of high school, he's going to get a roster spot. I mean, you're not putting them to the G-League if you take them top four overall. You're just not. I mean, want you're probably him. right,
2: but that's that's a problem for them. You right? Know, that's that's not that big of a problem. That's a small problem. They should go <laughs> to back. They, this guy's they worth should taking go to- out of high school. He's worth taking. And <laughs> they should go to the college baseball rule
1: to where a guy can come straight out of high school if they want to, and if they choose to, then okay, cool. Come, if you're if you're good enough to get drafted, by all means, go get drafted. But if you go to if you go play college sports, then you have to play whatever it is. I think two or three years. Like make them play. Make them make the decision, but that at least fair. give them the option. Give me the option. If Zion is, if someone's willing to draft you, whether it's the second round, first round, whatever, if someone's willing to draft you and you're willing to give up college, by all means, go make your money. I mean, I don't see why not. But if you're going to go college, make them stay for two years, and then you get, I think you get both benefits to it. So we'll see. I don't know. It it gets talked about and, and never changes. But I just, I personally, as a fan of just basketball and Duke, I would love to see Zion Williamson play the rest of the year because it's just, he's, he's, Freaking fun to watch, but we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there. He, he, I think they said that the agent said, or the, the team has said that he's day-to-day, which I mean, aren't we all a little day-to-day I was day-to-day coming into this podcast. I, I wasn't sure, you know, it just depends. It just depends how I'm feeling this morning. So moving on a little bit, and uh, this is a story that the NBA was not happy ha- has come back up recently And this was the the Tim Donaghy story popped back up. For anyone that doesn't remember, uh, Tim Donaghy was the ref back in in 2007 and 8 was uh, accused. And then it depends how it comes out. It depends how you word it. It, it, He was fixing games and there were games that he was gambling on. He was a referee that was betting on the games he was refing on and then winning at a high clip. And later it came out and it kind of got blown out where, the NBA – someone reported that the FBI was investigated and that they found it, and the NBA said they investigated it and they did their own internal investigation. They didn't find – any anything I'm saying here, if y'all have a correction or something, just spit it out. But the NBA kind of said
0: sure. – I think you're they, right They on. investigated
1: yeah. it and they decided that they only found that he fixed one game. There's only one game where they could find proof that he – the calls that he made changed the outcome outcome of the game to fix the spread or to, to hit the spread. So ESPN, the magazine, Scott Eden did this huge, uh, deep dive back into it 10 years later and interviewed like guys he had gambled with the, the, the people that were involved, friends that were involved, his ex wife, uh, the guy who was leading the FBI investigation and opened up. And I mean, it really was, it blew my mind kind of one, how to see how it all started, how it all happened. And then two, how the NBA was able to kind of, to, to narrate the story and control this story. It was mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll just start with how it the NBA made it sound like at the beginning they made it sound like Tim Donaghy was just a rogue ref who had a gambling problem and and got into this and and then yep. then he started maybe fixing some games so it wasn't a NBA cuz cuz the the scandal's huge because it it makes you think well if if one guy could have done this how I mean could multiple people be fixing games how many games are fixed right and and the NBA made it sound like it was just him and then he got involved with this this uh which Oh, I was reading the one guy he got involved with that because Donaghy and a friend were gambling, but they were gambling smaller amounts until this bigger bookie realized, oh, wait, these guys must have some kind of fix because they only bet thousands of dollars every now and then. But every time they do, they win some money. So let's see what what they're doing. And then realize, oh, it's every game. This dude's officiating is the games they win on. And yeah. the guy that got involved yeah. in it was a guy named James Jimmy Baba the Sheep. Three different nicknames, Batista. One, I just want to say a guy with three different nicknames. I don't think you can trust him. I don't think you can trust that guy. <laughs> but, but he got involved, and they started betting more money. Donaghy, basically, they had a deal where Donaghy would get $2,000 on any game that he was refing covered. If the game didn't cover, then he would get nothing, but he wouldn't lose any money. So, basically, it was a win-win for Donaghy, and Batista would just do, do his own thing. He would bet up to about a million dollars of his investors' money in each of Donaghy's game, And then what what was interesting is so the FBI came out, they investigated, they found him, and and where this article got to, and I had no idea about this. And Dad, maybe you remember, I was a little younger, so I don't, I don't know for sure. But the FBI was getting ready to get Donaghy on a wiretap, and really, because Donaghy started spewing out saying, "I'm not the only ref doing this; multiple people are doing this." I remember that this is a corrupt system, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. the FBI was going to get him to wear a wiretap and really get to the bottom of this. And then all of a sudden, about a month after the FBI notified the NBA that they were doing this investigation, all of a sudden, the story leaks out to to the New York Times, and, or was it the New York Post? Well, I think it was New York Times leaked the story out, and they reported it. And then at that point, now the FBI's cover's blown. They can't do the wiretap. No one's going to talk to Donaghy. Right. I mean, did the NBA cover up
0: something much bigger? Is it possible, you think, Dan? I think it's possible. Yeah, I think it's possible, because that would look horrible on the NBA, so they wanted that story to die and go away, and they cannot be happy about it coming back up again.
2: Well, and uh, especially
0: because, that- because the NBA has totally embraced gambling. Well, now, that's what they, they have. So totally- last
1: last year, May fourteenth, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a nineteen ninety two federal law federal law that had forbidden states from legalizing sports gambling. And so now you've seen like New Jersey's done a, a, a few a few states now have legalized gambling. It's not just in Vegas, and I think this story coming out now is such a huge coming back up and resurfacing is so huge because, and like you said, that NBA is one of the forefront of the, the big, the big four sports, pro sports that have said, Oh, we're all about it. Let's do more gambling. MGM is going to be the official partner of the NBA and, and all this stuff. But the more there's gambling, the more it makes
2: you think it, not
1: only can a ref, but now I like can football. What about the center? What if the center has a little bit of money? Well, that's
2: what, so, so what I was going to say is, um that it might not just if you're if you want to go conspiracy kevin could they cover this up could the nba cover something up absolutely would they have had willing help any sports league in the world wants to kill the idea of refs fixing games immediately because it right. can be yeah. done in basketball yep. it can be done anywhere because the money and, that donaghy uh, was making thing, and these
1: people are making i mean it's more than what they're making as a ref right so
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well One the other thing uh worth mentioning is that if you believe in NBA conspiracies at all, then you know that David Stern was a God at covering things up. I mean, you look at like the Michael Jordan stuff that potentially could have been this insane conspiracy that he went to go play basketball to go deal with, you know, right. suspension they didn't want him to have the the secret suspension. Yeah. Soon. As soon as Adam silver takes over, the NBA has the biggest controversy they might've ever had. Um, with the Sterling thing, the Clippers in charge. Yep. When David Stern was in charge, it might have just gotten swept under the rug and nobody would have ever known. So, like, you know, I'm not saying that it definitely happened, but like, could it? Absolutely. There's no question in my mind they could have covered that up.
0: One, well, yeah your your question is would other sports leagues help perhaps the NBA cover this up? Is that kind well, of well? Well, I'm saying your question was would. and I think I, if that was your question, and I, maybe I think you alluded to it, LJ. I think absolutely, mm-hmm. because the integrity of the game is how. Why are we interested in it? Because we think we can bet based on our knowledge of the game, you know, mm-hmm. and this linebacker's hurt or this guy's got a foot injury or or this matchup really works well between Milwaukee and Golden State or whatever. Yeah. And now if you've got a rogue ref in there. Hell, even I mean, Vegas wants gambling, to be covered up.
2: Even Vegas wants yeah, want the it, integrity of the bets to be
0: lost. Because they want people to keep gambling, and yeah. you're only going to gamble if you believe you have a – you know, the chances are fair for yeah. you to well, win. It's not the well fix. What was so man. crazy about what the
1: NBA and David Stern did. And like, like LJ said, they got to hate this coming up. The NBA just hates this coming up, but the NBA afterward. And we mentioned this a little bit. They did their own review of Donaghy after all this came out. And what they did was they rewatched 17 games. And of those seventeen games, they found that just one of the games appeared to be called to help a team covered, and that was the Pistons and uh, someone else playing. I can't remember which what the teams were, but they, they said only one of the seventeen games. Which, first off, the ESPN did the research, and the why why they did seventeen, I don't understand because the FBI suggested that Donaghy one wagered on four years worth of games before he got involved with uh, the sheep Baba Batista or whatever. And that was, and then he also bet on every single the sixty plus games of the two thousand six two thousand seven season when he was involved with Batista. So the FBI is suggesting that he at least uh wagered on one hundred and eighty different games that he refed over the course of five years. But the NBA decided they would only ref they would only watch seventeen.
2: I I don't know how they found that. And then well, is I, I think I have an idea why they yeah they go did ahead El. seventeen. Why, why is that? Well, so I think that. They probably uh, watched one to see if they could spot him fixing the game. Saw nothing. Watched another, saw nothing. They were like, oh, this is going to be so easy. Let's keep going. Got to number 17, and they were like, stop, stop immediately. One in 17 is a lot better than what we're going to find if we keep did. going. Well, and that's, if you go back,
1: so, if you if you read the article on it, we'll post it in the show notes, but it's on ESPN.com, and ESPN the Magazine, if you have a subscription. And it's a great article by Scott Eaton. He did some, him and whoever was all involved, they did some serious research into this, but – they went back and looked at – because what you do is if you look at 17 games, you can't really look at the blowouts either way because obviously and, – and Donaghy even mentioned it in the article. He was like, if a game gets above 15 points, obviously I can't sway that, so it's just going to happen either – whether it's in our favor or not. So ESPN looked at out of 30 games, games that were competitive that Donaghy ref during the 06-07 season. And by competitive, I think they were saying within within single digits. And they – were out of the 30 games that were competitive – they found that 23 of them covered the spread. And 20, and so it was like 23-6-1 or something. So Donaghy had like a 77% percentage rate of, of, of getting right on the games that he said would cover and the games that he was reffing. So ESPN's research makes it sound like not only was he doing this at a higher clip than the NBA thinks, which I think is obvious, but that he was extremely good at reffing these games. And then it even talked about how Donaghy did it. He opened up and said that he would, and dad, I thought this was really interesting. He would call a illegal defense early in the game on the team that he was betting against. So then he could dictate their defense the rest of the game. They would then quit playing so physical. And then, and then if he calls it a real, like a real mm. weird one, one, he calls it early. So it's not as obvious as calling one late in the game, but two, it's setting up to where anything he calls is not as bad as that one. So he's setting the tone for how he can officiate the rest of the game. I mean, he was really, he was good at this. Mm. He was talented at it. And then the second thing, and we ta- LJ talked about this, and this is Stern possibly covering up and the NBA covering up. Eden tried to talk to a bunch of former refs, and basically uh, Donaghy's name's like, it, it, it's a it's a black sheep. You don't want to mention it, and no one wants to mention it. I get that a little bit, but also it almost sounded like people were either afraid to to discuss Donaghy or didn't want to. And I, I wonder, is it because he was a disgrace to referees, or is it because someone maybe who's paying you, David Stern in the NBA, is saying, hey, don't talk about Donaghy to anybody, it's and I, two. I, I would bet it's <laughs> I yeah. bet you
0: money. It's number ten. And I just think this is yes. something
1: that's going to come up in all sports, and that's why LJ's one hundred percent right that, that every every sport would want to cover this up because if a ref could do it, why wouldn't the if someone comes up to I think Bill Simmons mentions the long snapper in in a uh, in a football game. Obviously, they're not making near the money that the quarterbacks making. So why wouldn't they if someone said we'll pay you a million dollars to make sure this game gets screwed? Here you go, or maybe it's the holder, or maybe it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, th- there's ways this can happen, and it's just as a fan, this is the worst thing because now there's no no game is near as fun to watch if if the fix is it like wrestling when you know it, what's going to happen, it's not as enjoyable as watching uh, the Cowboys Broncos where you don't know what's going to happen when you start that game off.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, I thought it was super interesting, and I haven't finished the article, but how they said, you know, there was one faction that said we want to get all the, the legaling, uh, the, the gambling legal. So all the, everything's up and up and there's no chance for, for these kind of shenanigans. And the other side says, Hey, the more money you get into gambling, the more money there is to make somebody go wrong, yeah, the which more
2: incentive. Yeah. I,
0: I kind of tend to, to think more of along yeah. the second line. So, um, and they have, like we said, protect the integrity of the game. Are, are they going to go the way of wrestling? And I, I, I guess wrestling yeah, still still is just okay, properly, but, but yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time and don't care
1: and, well, And the other thing on that article that was interesting is everyone that either figured out about Donaghy or Donaghy came clean to, none of them really uh, ratted him out. Instead, they just saw dollar signs and they got in on it. Like everybody that figured out yeah. about it just was like, oh, well, because that's in our world, let's be honest, money talks. And these people, as much yep. as they were like, Oh, that's awful! Like the one guy, the friend that he opened up to, he he opened up to him in, in his in his suite, and the guy said he sat there and listened to the whole thing, and then after he got done, he was like, "So, how can I get into it? It wasn't it wasn't a yeah. this is terrible. What are you doing? It was a okay. this sounds like you got straight up cash in the ba- yeah. in the bank. I guess this is easy money, and it was that mm-hmm. money talks, and it's scary how much this either could or is already involved in sports, and and, well, and that's
2: the other thing. Is how it- did
0: they catch him? How did they catch
2: the So guy? I'm not sure.
1: The, if you're reading the article, they got Scala, the FBI, the main investigator, was actually investigating. A, a di- different parts of the FBI are all put apart, put on to different like, mob families, and so he was watching the Gambino family in New Jersey. I don't really know what that family is, but basically they're, they're monitoring them at all times, kind of like what you've seen on the Netflix shows where they're just watching them, waiting for them to slip up or something, a way they can get slip them with the Rico or whatever yeah, okay. it is. And someone suggested, so they got a tip, that someone suggested, hey, this referee is fixing games and some of this money is going back to these makers and it's going back to, it's somehow tied to Gambino money. And so really it wasn't big enough for him to look because it was like, oh, this is small money. It won't even really hurt the Gambinos at all, the family that he's supposed to be watching. But he was like, oh, but it is a huge deal. And they started looking into it and started watching the Donaghy games. And he claims it was so obvious. And the first reason he said he went, he started diving into it was because when they brought it up to the NBA, the reason they were going to do all the wiretapping and stuff is because when they brought it up to the NBA a month before it got leaked out to the New York Times, the NBA said it's impossible for something of this magnitude to be done. And Scala said, as soon as someone tells you it's impossible, that means they're full of shit. And so that's when he went yeah. into it, and that's when they were going to wiretap it because he was like, "There's more going on." Because he said it was yeah. clear to him that the games Donaghy was reffing, he was he was fixing. There would be fouls called late in games and whatnot. And so that's how they they this FBI guy caught him. And once they put uh, put him into a corner he just started spewing out and giving everything. And it was funny. There was two sides to the story. Apparently Donaghy claims that Bautista blackmailed him and said, you don't want the NBA to figure out what the, what you've been up to with these small bets. So either get involved with me and make me money, or I'm going to tell everyone. And then Bautista claims that Donaghy reached out to him to try to make bigger money. So I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but a lot of people made a lot of money off of it. It was really interesting. LJ, a lot of the money that got made by two of the other guys that were partners with Bautista Now own like a huge the biggest share of all the Planet Fitnesses in the northwest or in the northwest and Midwest and like all the Chicago Planet Fitnesses are owned by these guys and that and wow so like a lot of these guys that made the money off read that article it mentions it later like they mention kind of where that money went to and a lot of the people that made money off this didn't get caught and are still they're not doing the same thing obviously but they they're putting that money
2: to some other it sounds like I'm putting money in their pocket right now that's I mean I go to Planet Fitness in Chicago. (laughs) So, <laughs> well, yeah, but
0: they used dirty money yeah. to go into legitimate. Yeah, business, it's legit now, yeah, but yeah, it was all did, dirty. And so. that, there was a
1: lot yeah, that's, of that's money being made on this, and it—it's wild. It really is. It's a long read from ESPN the magazine, but Scott Eden and, and all the team that worked on it. I mean, it for someone like me who just I know the Donaghy name and I knew of it and knew what had happened, but kind of didn't didn't keep going because one. I didn't keep going because I was a little younger. And, too, the NBA did a fantastic job of controlling the story and making it, th- making it sound like it they was did. just Donaghy. And then this story opens it up to realize, oh, wow, there might be way more to this that we never even scratched the surface to, but we couldn't get to because the story got leaked out. It's just, yeah. it's, it, it's wild. It really is. What, me and Dad did a, a – I don't know if anyone stuck around – if you stuck around for all of it. We nerded out and did a lot of NBA uh, – Cap yeah. room and max cap and super max. And did you say John had a, qu- a question about some of the NBA stuff that yeah, we did? So,
2: so I, I was editing and uh and I just lost interest completely. So I just let it fly by me uh, when you guys were talking about uh <laughs> cap room and stuff like that because the NBA is so complicated and weird. Um, and then John, uh, John Payne, longtime listener of the podcast, uh, mentioned on our Facebook, shout out Dr. John, yeah, yeah, he's been on the show, yeah. Um, uh, he asked why. Uh, the 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 salary cap is so weird because like they've got a salary cap right, so why do they need these maxes and super maxes, um, and then like the luxury taxes, and
0: the mid level and, exclusion. And then also, or, he asked yeah, why like, there's uh, a lot of...
2: why it's decided because I I don't really remember what, what you guys said because I didn't care, um, but now I do now that he's asked <laughs> um, why why it seems to be decided on on relatively arbitrary things that aren't necessarily like uh, I don't know. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Does that question? Uh, well, not the second part. The first part, yes. But Well, how do part, I'm how I'm you confused. decide whether somebody is uh, – is you can give them a Supermax?
1: Well, so we mentioned that was all in, in last week's pod, and we're not going to go way all the way deep into it. But, like, uh, if, you were, if you made an All-NBA team one of the past two years or if you've won an MVP one of the past three years, there's different – awards that you have to win to become max, supermax these, eligible
2: and max these, eligible uh, these awards are not necessarily i mean they tend to go to great players but they're not necessarily like it's it's voted on and it's not necessarily like a fact that i mean right i mean who who decides well the no
0: no you are either eligible for a supermax or you are not right. eligible it's it's but cut and dry you no you're, long you're long right up, kevin it's yeah you have to make an all NBA team. You have to have what four years okay. with the same team, okay, so all NBA, you know, either there's certain uh,
2: subjective for sure. Um, yeah, well, so
0: no, no, it's so not subjective. My,
2: my real question though, is why doesn't the NBA use a hard cap? What's, what's the deal with that? And, and one, that's a, that's a great question,
1: John. And the reason that, and, yeah, that and I don't a have a, a, a cut and dry answer. I really don't. I tried to look up a little more to know. And what I found was basically what I kind of already thought. And it's, the nba instituted a the bird rights rule a few a while back and that was to keep star players it's named after the great larry bird uh yeah. and he stayed Boston his whole career with the celtics yeah and it was it was to encourage star players to stay with the team they're at so what it did what the rule in, says is if a guy's eligible for the max deal or whatever like larry bird was like you know lebron is or all these different guys if they stay with their current team, because now that current team's tried to build a, around that player, so like the the Cavaliers built around LeBron, so they want, and then LeBron comes up for a super max. Well, obviously that deal is for a lot of money. That's going to go put them over the cap. But if it's a guy that's prev that that you have bird rights to, which means he's played for you the past three years, then you can go over the cap. So a lot of these guys kept their players and went over the cap with it. So then that's why people started going over the cap. Now, basically every team besides like you'll see now, nowadays you'll know because free agency is such a big deal in LJ, I know you're rolling your eyes, but like the (laughs) Knicks have, uh, the Knicks have cap room or whatever. But Most teams almost, almost, I would say 25, 23 out of 30 teams on a given year are over the cap because they've given out a bird, a contract with bird rights. So I don't know why the NBA doesn't just do a hard cap. I know they do a little different on their luxury tax rules where the teams that don't go over the luxury tax, which is like the luxury tax is a certain number over the cap. So this is getting really confusing. Yeah. There's like, if you go over, that's one thing, but if you go over by this many million, then you hit the luxury tax.
2: Just to make it clear to the listeners, because I just read this, that uh, the, 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 the salary cap is 99 million or yeah, $99 million. Right. Whereas the, the luxury tax mm-hmm. limit is like $107 million. So if you're spending right. $106 million, you're over the salary cap, but you like, you're not in that other range where you have a penalty. Like, why wouldn't the penalty be at $99 million? That's absurd to me. I,
1: I there's I there's probably a rhyme or reason, but I've tried to look through I, it and it was so, I, I, it gets so confusing. I think all collective bargaining, you have to really try to, to get in and figure out to try to understand it. But the NBA is even more. So it's, there's a lot of different stuff to it and, I'm not a hundred percent. That's why I was saying, John, great question. <laughs> Hopefully you can find someone smarter than us three to answer it. Well, Cause I, I don't know the exact I, answer.
2: I did try to imagine what the difference would be with a hard cap. And I think that maybe the difference is less super teams. Does that seem like a reasonable answer to you guys, or is that not the case?
0: Well, yeah, maybe because if you've got a hundred million dollars, yeah. right, you got a hundred million dollars you can pay period without all this bird rights and the super max and all that you're right. So Steph Curry can only get whatever right. he can get. You know, if some team wants to give him 50% of their salary cap, well, I mean they can, but they're gonna have Steph Curry and nobody yeah. else, you know. But the, or, they may also
1: wanted to keep KD, Steph Curry. So. They wanted fans to not only become Steph Curry fans, they wanted him to become a Warrior fans. So if Steph Curry stays there for 10 years, yeah, well, then you become yeah. but that's now blown that up in the their thing. face, like LJ saying.
2: I think that's the thing is like you can I, I think that I don't know the the uh the weeds part of it, but I know that like if you look at like the two extremes of salary caps where like baseball, there's none and football, there is a very strict salary cap. You see football is just, everybody's leaving their team all the time. Like there's so much turnover on teams that it's hard to be a fan of um, say, you know, it's hard to buy Philip Lindsay Jersey because in three, four years, he might be on another team. Uh, in fact, yeah. it's probably unless they're quarterbacks, they could, unless they're quarterback, they're probably moving within three or four years. It seems like whereas baseball players tend to stick around yeah. for a lot longer. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that you don't want it to feel like a, a pay to win sort of thing for the NBA that the richest markets will guaranteed get the next championship. Um, So I think well, maybe that's the reason for it, but I don't understand how it works is where it really,
1: on. where it really bit the NBA in, in the butt. And, and the only reason I know this is from doing playing uh, so much 2k and Madden. And this <laughs> is the difference in, in, and how, how it works for the NBA and Madden or in NFL is where, the NBA, if you if you have bird rights, so like if you're the Warriors and you had bird rights on Draymond Green, but you also wanted to get Kevin Durant, so signing either one of them is going to put them over the cap. So what they do, like say like right now, we're good. We have cap space. They give that money to Durant first. If they get Durant to sign, then it's good because he came from a different team. He's not bird rights. So they're good. But now they only have like a million dollars left in the cap room but it's Draymond Green who they have bird rights to so as long as they sign Draymond Green second they can go negative so it just it's in order of who you sign so you're playing with fire a little bit but Yeah, that's where teams that's where it seems like the Warriors ended up making super, super teams is where they they learned one. They drafted guys on the right deals and and things just worked out for them. But also they
2: manipulated a little bit to where, okay we'll we'll get our outside free
1: agents and then we'll sign our inside guys because we can go
2: all into. So does that mean that everybody that's like currently one of the warrior superstars is going? They're going to have bird rights on them for the foreseeable future or like is there or or is there a reason that this team will eventually uh, wither away? I They'll
1: have to get, keep giving all of them super max deals if they want to keep because I think that's the, that's the, the Clay Thompson is up for a super max. The Warriors can give them the super max because they can have they have the bird rights and keep going. But the way the luxury tax works is the for like first time repeaters, you get this repeat offenders, you get this. And then the more times you keep doing it, the more the, the percentage points go up and it's like a dollar for every dollar you go over $2 for every dollar. And then all of a sudden it's like $10 for every dollar. And now, the wars as they keep doing this, they're going to go millions upon millions upon millions over the luxury tax, and they're repeated offenders. So it's they're going to have to owe a lot of money. So then and that money gets I doled think, out to the rest of the NBA. So the
2: question, I guess, becomes: What is the the cost for an owner uh, versus the yeah. benefit of having a 18 year dynasty? You know, and that's why keep guys keep maybe would be willing
1: to go to a bigger market because maybe you know maybe Giannis Milwaukee's not willing to keep doing that because they don't make the same money that. The Lakers are making, but the Lakers are like, we'll keep forking out because we're worth $6 billion or whatever mm. they are. So that, mm. and then that kills your small market teams, which then kills fandom in some of these other markets. So I, it's a double edged sword, L. And I, I don't know if the NBA has the right answer. It doesn't seem like they do because some of this is good with player movement because it keeps them relevant all the time. But LJ, you're on to something. There is some oversaturation with it. It does. It's like, God, this gets old every single yeah. year. Kyrie Irving's either happy or not happy. And yeah. LeBron may or may not leave. Like mm. it's fun for a little bit. And they're, this offseason is going to be all over ESPN and Sports Center. It does seem like, for the most part, fans are eating it up, and the NBA is doing great. But at some point, when does it? When is enough enough and it becomes too much? I, I when, think we might be headed in that direction.
2: The NFL can answer that question. It's yeah, a good be. ten or so years of oversaturation <laughs> will start to push against you. And you know, how long has the NFL Network been a thing? It's probably to now. It's probably about how long the NBA has got at this level of saturation of news yeah. coverage. We'll see. We'll see yeah we'll see that let's also make sure they can keep uh make sure the games aren't being fixed because i don't know if they have
1: that answer yet either so that it's fun we'll see what goes on and again i'll say to anyone that article the tim donaghy article is really good we'll post it in show notes if you want to try to read it. it's a long one it is a doozy i'll give you that but it's
2: good it's worth it
1: i got started and Um, i did not
2: finish (laughs)
1: Well, let's go. We haven't done this in a while because LJ wasn't in last week, and I don't know if me and Dad forgot or we were we were trying to hold out for Yale. I'm not really sure the answer <laughs> there, but it seems like we hadn't done what we're listening to in a little bit. So uh, well, let's get it back rolling, pops. What what are you? I, I have a feeling I know who you've been listening to, but uh, what have you been listening to?
0: No, I you know I I know who I'm gonna be listening to soon, okay. which is going to be Peter Franklin. But that's, that's not okay. what I have been listening to. No. Um, interestingly enough, just kind of listened to my playlist. I really got on some Citizen Cope, uh, okay. got into, yeah. uh, sideways, you know, the one he does with, uh, Santana yeah. and, Ooh. uh, sun's going to rise. Yeah, so just Those rise. are just two of my very favorite songs yeah. and they re, they reloop loop on my playlist <laughs> a lot. So I don't know. have kind of been into Citizen Cope playing. Fair That's who I'm into.
2: What about you, what, what
0: have you been listening to?
2: Well, uh, we just opened, uh, Macbeth and the way that we did it was, uh, filled with like dark hip hop and uh and uh metal music. So, you know, we used a lot of stuff like uh Coheed and Cambria and Lamb of God. I think John Payne will probably uh appreciate that we used Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> um but the I guess the one that I want on the playlist is uh Big Sean. I've been listening to a lot of Big Sean and there's a song Paradise that's just got this like just dark awesome Oh, a good song. Um but like yeah. Big Sean, if you don't know Big Sean, he's like the most like normal sounding rapper like he doesn't seem to be the best at any one thing but he is so solid like he's if you're it's like tyco's my first rapper which sounds like an insult but like he's i i (laughs) I think he's really great but he's got an interesting
1: sound and 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 flow like i I agree i like big sean's sound it's pretty good Hmm. well i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with the uh the rap theme and lj i know you'll 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 like this finally finally after i think to 10 year anniversary it found its way onto streaming sites drake's so far gone mixtape oh. finally the full the full mixtape is now on yep. spotify and apple music and wherever you get your get your music and man i
2: forgot just how good that freaking mixtape was it is so <laughs> it's good. amazing it's really great hmm. yeah i remember i was listening well, to that in dad's house on monroe all the time uh, there, I can remember. Oh. I can remember many, a, many a days
1: where I'm sitting there playing Xbox, and LJ's got so far gone playing, and then yep. then we get on the Madden together, and LJ beats me, and then I get all pissed off. I mean, there, there's there's <laughs> there's
2: those were the days, plenty of
1: days in the summer where me and LJ are just jamming mm-hmm. to so far gone, probably playing NCAA, not Madden. I bet it's more NCAA. Yeah.
2: yeah, it was probably Bowling Green. <laughs> yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah i remember it was fun
1: that, that that came out not only was it fun just to listen back to it but it also br- like a trip down memory lane it was it was some good oh, stuff yeah. so i was glad to see yeah, it yeah, finally yeah. get on I, I don't really know why it took so long to get on streaming service i think it had something to do with getting the rights from all the different producers that helped him on that well he beats well he and used. he also
2: has a lot of uh, uh beats that are just total straight rips from other songs i mean you, it'd be yeah. hard to even call them samples um so i would imagine that the rights to those songs probably cost as much as they and LJ, I should have
1: probably, so. I probably should have looked this up, but I can't remember. I know I me and you both digged it, but you know the outro on that uh, mixtape with the piano, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Do you know yeah. where that piano is from or who? I that absolutely, is? do I absolutely know? Oh, I listen to this, please dude, share because that piano just, is so good. Uh, the guy's name is Chili Gonzalez, and uh, he's got a song called "The Tourist," which is just they stole that song and put it at the end of the mixtape and gave him no credit. So uh, that actually is kind of a funny story. That uh Chili Gonzalez like obviously felt a little dejected that he had gotten his music. Put that on the playlist, by the way. That's a good one. Um but uh All right, I will. But he was uh he was a bit dejected by uh by getting his music stolen and put on this huge mixtape that was bigger than anything he's ever put out. And so Drake called him up and uh like eight years later or something like that to kinda, of, you know, I guess kind of apologize. Uh, because, you know, Chili's been putting this in his live show talking about how bad it felt to get ripped off by drake and uh and he ended up playing piano in marvin's room so you know it kind of worked out for him in the end oh he's
1: the he's the the the, okay because man that outro it comes on and it he's he's right drake totally just put someone else's piano for the outro and it is beautiful it sounds amazing and it it's good music that's cool yeah. to know that they ended up getting, I think I knew me and you had talked about that before. I didn't know for sure if you had an answer. And of course, LJ's just rattles off the answer right there. Oh, Chili
2: Gonzalez, actually, yep. you know, I just made that all up none of it's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the thing we wouldn't know, Kevin, but somebody might. Yeah. No, 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 all actually right. just to, just to confirm it. I'll put like the, he wrote this article about his experience with Drake and I think that's worth reading. So we'll put that on the show notes too. Cool. I'm
1: uh, glad. I'm glad I cool. asked the question. Cool. That was, that was cool yeah, yeah, little yeah. story time.
2: Me too. Story yeah. time with L. Me
1: too. all right well that will do it for another week of the jpp podcast we appreciate everyone giving us a listen and continuing to listen with us if you have been uh make sure if you haven't already hit us up subscribe to us on the apple podcast or spotify or wherever you get hey, google subscribe
2: at. to just press play
1: <laughs> yeah and, and and you know leave us a review if, you, if you're feeling a little uh froggish you know and uh find us on facebook or twitter <laughs> we got our website at jpppod.com uh, we'll keep on putting some good stuff out. So, well, if uh, you
2: have if you have questions or thoughts about our show, like we try to we try to respond. I mean, we do a poor job, but like John Payne asked that question, I think this was a pretty good segment. So, feel free to always yeah, ask us if you.
1: We don't only answer Dr. Payne. We but, but anybody who <laughs> who has a question for us, we will give you. We will. Oh, I won't say we'll have the answer for you, but we will uh, attempt. We'll, we'll attempt, attempt. We'll it. attempt. We'll damn sure try to look it up, <laughs> and that's the best we can do. And that's the best we can do. All right. Well, that'll do it for another week, guys. I will talk to you later.
0: Peace out. Peace. Peace.